Life Audio. So today we're starting something new on the podcast just for this week. We're going to do a one-week series called Friends and Family Week where I'm inviting on to the show some friends of the podcast some friends of mine to just share with you some different aspects of their ministries and things that they're doing because I really think it's going to be a blessing to you. And then also that will give you a week to catch up if you are behind it all on the Psalm series before we start up with 101. We're going to just give you this little bit of breathing room and we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor and then we're going to dive in. I really think today's going to bless you so stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, and today we have a treat for you. We have my new friend Jody with us today. And Jody is the author of Praying the Scriptures for Your Marriage. And I invited her onto the show today just to start to speak into this space. Um, one of the things that we always talk about is how can we have confidence in knowing that God hears us and that we're hearing Him. And it's his voice, not our own voice. And so I thought, what better way than to invite Jody into this conversation because she is an expert on praying the scriptures. And so welcome, Jody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, Rachel, thank you so much. And that's such a kind introduction. Um, I always shy away from the term expert because I think uh, people will call me that, but the truth is I'm just somebody who loves scripture and knows that I desperately need God's help. So I pray. Mm, I <laughs> so love that. Thank you for calling me an expert, but it's just more of a needy person is what I am. Oh, well, I love your humility in that. Um, You know, we've been going through the Psalms. We're taking a little bit of a break this week as we have gone through the Psalms. But in your new book, The the Praying the Scriptures for Your Marriage, I noticed that you include the Psalms a lot. So I wanted to just maybe start there and just hear your heart on why you wrote this book and, you know, perhaps some of the key reasons why Scripture is so important for when we are praying, not just for our marriage, but with all of our key relationships in our lives. Yeah, great opening question. Um, Well, your listeners may know that this is uh, the latest in a series of books. I started about, I don't know, 20 plus years ago with praying the scriptures for your children, and then came praying scriptures for your teens, and then your adult children. And then I did one called praying the scriptures for your life, which just sort of covers anything we might face, married, single, parenting, not parenting, you know, your jobs. But Um, When I did that first book, I was talking, I was a young mom myself, and I was talking to other young moms, 
asking them what they were praying about, what God wanted to do in their families. And you can imagine the kind of things people wanted, right? Um, They wanted good character traits in their kids, wisdom, compassion, kindness. They wanted their children to have good friends and good manners. They wanted their children to be saved, to have a relationship that was vibrant with the Lord. And of course, things like physical protection, spiritual protection, emotional and mental health, all of those things kind of weighed into that, including I talked to some young moms who are already praying about their child's eventual marriage partner or their job or their purpose in life. And I sort of took everybody's answers and I began to pay attention as I was reading scripture. And I realized God's word speaks to all of those needs and all of those concerns we might have. So that was kind of an eye opener to me. I'd always, um, I, I myself grew up in a Christian home and I valued the Bible, but Really, it wasn't until I had young children that I began to see that God's cares mirrored my cares and that there wasn't a need that I was going to face as a mom or a concern I would think about that he hadn't already provided for and covered in the pages of scripture. So that was kind of how I began this journey of praying the scriptures and really letting the Bible become my prayer book, my, my, uh, I guess my conversation, conversation starter with God. Um, but I love, love, love that you have been taking your listeners through the Psalms, because I think that really is the Bible's prayer book. I mean, we read the Psalms and I know, you know, this, there's not an emotion that we will face from joy to desire, to anger, fear, all of those things are, um, outlined for us in the Psalms and they show that God can take it all. We can come to him with any emotion, any need. And um, he delights to hear that. So I I just love that the Psalms have been your springboard. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the reason why we started with the Psalms is, you know, we had done the Hearing Jesus, I'm sorry, the She Hears Bible Study, which is all about hearing Jesus through the pages of the New Testament in the book of John. And when we study Jesus, we see how often he refers back to the Psalms and how often the disciples refer back to the Psalms. And my thought was, well, if this was important for Jesus to know, it's also important for us to know. And the other thing I realized too, was that there was so many people that really struggle, like, especially coming out of the last couple of years we've had, there were so many people struggling with things like anxiety or fear. And the Psalms addresses those, um, not just in terms of our own personal relationships, but in like the corporate sense. And as the body of Christ, it's, we've kind of gone through this shared trauma. And I just felt like the Psalms really took a good look at some of those same emotions, like you said, that we're experiencing and spoke to them and gave us such a power of example of how to pray through them. So I totally am an advocate of using the scriptures for our, our starting point for prayer, because it's so powerful when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it gets so basic too. Like, I think we can, um, make prayer harder than it needs to be. It can feel complicated or mysterious sometimes. And yet, as you look through the Psalms, just as you're saying, um, even as prayer that is as simple, my favorite prayer, God help, you know, that is such a small thing. But when you look at a Psalm like Psalm 70, King David is asking God to help. He's like, come quickly to help me, you know, be my Lord, come, come be close, help me. And you read through that whole Psalm. And if you were to condense it to two words, it would be help me. And I just think, thank you, God, that even a simple prayer like that has precedent in your word and that if it was good enough for King David, it's good enough for me. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that. And I think sometimes what I hear from women is 
there's sometimes an insecurity around prayer because they don't know the right words to use. And yet if we pray the scriptures, there's no wrong. I mean, I always say there's no wrong way to pray in general. I mean, the only wrong way to pray is to not pray, (laughs) but, but, you know, for, yeah. And so, but for women that maybe struggle or they feel like they don't have the right words, we have the solution if we're, if we just kind of fall back on praying the scripture, because you're praying God's word and, you know, we know that doesn't return void. Absolutely. And I think too, um, when you combine the Bible reading and the prayer, both become more interesting, exciting, and energized, at least that way it was that way with me, because, you know, if you're looking at scripture, reading it, even just, I always say two or three verses may be more impactful for you than trying to tackle an entire chapter or book. You know, you might feel great that you got to check it off on your reading list, but sometimes it's just getting into a very small portion that can shape your attitude, your life, uh, your day, you know, your parenting, your marriage, any of that. And I think about um, when I first began using the Bible as a, a source or a launching pad for my prayers, not only did that help um, change my thoughts, because I was thinking, okay, this is what God is thinking about. It would shape my desires. You know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That delight means moldable. God has our hearts, and he can shape them and create in us longings that reflect the things that he's actually already doing. So I would get so excited as I would, you know, take my little God bless Johnny prayers, which again, nothing wrong with help them on the spelling test or make their you know, sore throat go away. Those are perfectly good parent prayers or in your marriage, which we'll be talking about today. You know, Lord, help me be more loving to my husband. Those are great prayers. But you mentioned earlier, kind of the, the anxiety and the fear that can sometimes plague us. And I remember coming along Psalm 46, verse 10, which I'm sure is familiar to your listeners, be still and know that I am God. And I read that. And I stopped and I read it again. And I thought, what a beautiful prayer verse to say, Lord, help me be still, you know, quiet my heart before you. And then I could say, help me know that you're God, you know, not just hope you're God, not just wish you're God, not just um, ask you to show up as God, but just to know with that confidence that your Holy Spirit gives, that your word gives that you are God and all those things taken together can just take those little words, be still and know that I am God, whatever. I'm not a good, good at math. Maybe that's seven words, six words. Um, And that turns it into just a powerful prayer that can free us from the grips of things like fear and anxiety. And because it's God's word, you know, Isaiah 55, his word does not return empty, but always accomplishes the purposes for which it's sent So when we're praying God's word, we can be so confident that we're praying according to his will and that he's going to hear that and that it will accomplish his purpose because he doesn't want us to live in fear and anxiety. He wants us to be still and know he is God. So when we pray that, he's like, yeah, right there with you, sister. You know, that's a prayer I delight to answer. Yeah. And, you know, there's also this um, this special thing that happens, this sacred space that we enter into when we are obedient to God's word. And so even that act of being still and quieting our heart, I think it taking it one step further, that helps us know that he is God because the peace that we experience when we still our hearts and we lean into the presence of the Holy Spirit, because we know that, that, 
the Holy Spirit's role is to comfort us. And so when we're running around frantic and we, we don't necessarily experience that, but it's that, that presence of, of God that we can experience when we are still, I think that does in turn help us to know him and to know that he is God in a way that we wouldn't otherwise experience if we were trying to just plow through these emotions on our own. Okay. I think we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we'll hear more from Jody. Stay tuned. Yeah, I love that. And I think that God really does invite us into that connection with him. You know, you, your study of John, I know, you know, John 15, when he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then he goes on and he says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I just love that whole John 15 because it showcases his desire for connection with us and his desire to have us come to him with any need or concern and to kind of, just like you're saying, experience that peace. Because when we pray, whatever we're praying for, again, our marriage, our jobs, our children, we do release God's provision for that situation, but we also enter into his peace. I think God gives us the language of prayer to move us from panic to peace. And when he shows us something, um, you know, something in our marriage that isn't right, that needs fixing something in our parenting, something in a child, it's not never to get us to panic or to be fearful, but it's to clue us in because he wants us to partner with him in, in Paul says, as he's writing to the Corinthians, he says, you and your prayers were part of the rescue operation. That's the message translation. And I'm like, that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be part of his rescue operation in, in our lives, our families, our friends' lives, all of that through our prayers. It's just a wonderful, exciting opportunity. Yeah, I love that. Well, you know, one of the things that I hear often from women, um, and I mean, we do have some male listeners, but obviously it's a women's show. One of the things that I hear is that perhaps sometimes there is this desire to learn and grow and grow spiritually on their behalf but their spouse may not be in the same spot. Like either they're believers that they're just, you know, there's maybe like a spiritual maturity difference, like a gap, or maybe they're not believers at all. You know, there's a lot of women that are in that situation where they don't necessarily feel like they're in, in the same place. And Um, one of the things that you talk about in the book is that this is not a book about fixing your spouse. And I wonder (laughs) if you could just elaborate on that a little bit. And I guess it goes beyond, I mean, we're talking about marriage today, but any relationship really, the the reason that we pray is not to fix the other person. So I wondered if you could just elaborate on that a little bit. (laughs) Well, I laughed because before I wrote praying the scriptures for your marriage, I did some social media polls Um, where I said, you know, tell me, what do you want God to do in your marriage? And just like when I was writing the book for kids, you can imagine the answers. People wanted better communication. They wanted um, greater intimacy. They wanted their spouse to become a believer or to grow in their maturity, to help with parents and in-laws, all of these things. And so those answers really shaped a lot of the content and the chapters in the book. But again and again, you are so right. I heard from women whose husbands, and again, I don't mean to make it one-sided, but I I say in the book, my husband and I have heard from far more women than we have men on this issue, where women feel like, okay, I know my husband is a Christian, but he's just not really interested in praying together. He's not as active in church, you know, any of these things. And we can start to feel like it's um, our job to 
to nag, to, to leave out the little tracks. I laughed. I talked to one woman, I interviewed her. She said, you know, I bought my husband everything. I got him a Bible with a golfer on the cover because he likes to golf. And I'm just kind of giggling, thinking we'll do anything. We'll buy anything. We'll try anything. And yet, um, I think the greatest thing that we can do, well, Robbie and I, first of all, we used to teach marriage courses at our church and, um, we'd have maybe 25 couples at a time coming for every week. And some couples were just flat out, not comfortable praying together. They weren't comfortable praying out loud. And one of the things we wanted people to know was that that was okay. We would say, pray as you can, not as you can't. Um, and as we give God access to our hearts, um, sometimes for a wife, the, a starting place may simply be to say to your husband, you know, is there anything you're concerned about this week? Um, how can I pray for you? And if that language is offensive in a marriage, because the husband's like, I don't want you praying for me. You know, you can just say, is there something I can do to support you this week? How can I let you know you're loved? Because we have a God who is a God of love. And as he hears his children talking to one another, he's so in, he's so um, aware of where we are, what we are saying, and a phrase like, how can I let you know you are loved? Or what can I do to support you? I believe God can receive even that as a prayer, even if we're not starting with Heavenly Father, do this, work this, show this, fix this, amen. Those interactions we have with one another, he hears our heart and our Holy Spirit who's in our hearts is, as we know, always praying. I think as wives, sometimes we think we're alone in this. We're never alone. The Holy Spirit is always interceding for us, praying for us. He knows what our marriages need even more than we do. And so when we come to God, we can do so in the confidence that we do have an advocate in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a rambling answer, but, but you started with, it's not a book about fixing your spouse. And that is so true because as people were responding on social media with their desires for what they'd like to see the book do. I mean, one woman said, I want you to tell me how I can get my husband to do what he, he has to do. You know, how can he do what I want him to do? And I laughed. I thought, well, you know, maybe we start with, and we do have a chapter in here on the power of kindness and another chapter on serving each other because studies show secular studies. It's not a, a church thing or a faith-based thing, but the more we serve our spouse, the more we show love to one another, the more we show a little kindness, even something as simple as bringing a cup of coffee in the morning, fixing a sandwich, um, sending an encouraging text. Those things create what's called an upward spiral of generosity and of kindness in a marriage where we feel kinder and more loving toward the person because we've taken that step and they will receive that it actually creates in the other person a desire to serve or to be kind back. So um, I think there are a lot of things we can do to create a climate in which love can really flourish. Yeah, I love that concept of the upward spiral, because I think there are some women that maybe know that this that kindness is, is a powerful tool, but they're hesitant because of hurts that they've received yes, from their absolutely. husband. And um you know, I think we've probably all been there. If you've been married for any length of time, we've all been there. And, and yet one of the things that I try to encourage women is, is you cannot change them and you can't mm. control their behavior. You can only control your own behavior. And so I love that idea of the upward spiral. Cause I think that gives us such a powerful 
image of how effective even just something as simple as kindness you know kindness because we can disagree we can disagree strongly we can fight have conflict but as we frame our words in our conversations you know we have we have a choice over that um of how we're going to speak and even if we don't feel like we can do that that's the beauty of the holy spirit we can say i cannot think of something nice about him i cannot think of something nice to say about him I am so mad or I am so hurt or any of those things, we can bring all of that to God and ask him to help us see our partner, our spouse, the way he sees them. We can ask him to um, show us the words that we can speak, you know, Proverbs 18 verse, I think it's 20, maybe it's 21 words, kill words, give life. They're either poison or fruit, the message says, and we get to choose. And so we can say, Lord, help me have words that would be fruit bearing and life giving in this marriage and this it might even be a dead feeling marriage in the season that you're in but your words can be become fruit bearing tools but i also i mean i want to get back to prayer because while i agree that we can't change our spouse we can't fix our spouse um we can't even fix ourselves we can yield ourselves to the lord and trust him to go to work i think that as we partner with god through our prayers and pray scriptures over our spouse over our marriage over ourselves we invite God into the mix and he does the changing, the shaping. And so I would just um, encourage people to, to, as they're reading their Bibles, or even if they pick up praying the scripture, scriptures for your marriage, to um, use God's word as that anchor for our thoughts and for our prayers. Um, I just think about something as simple as like Matthew five sixteen, where Jesus talks about, let your light shine before men. Um, you can say, let my light so shine in our home so that my husband will see my good deeds and that he will be prompted to glorify you, God. You know, just that simple, you know, you could be reading through the gospels and you come up on Matthew five and you could zip right on by it. Let your light so shine before men say, whoa, 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 let me stop there and just say, God, help me to shine my light in our home. And that's a prayer that your husband will see that and be drawn to that. So just a, a simple little Simple but powerful prayer. I think we can underestimate the power scripture has to to shape our lives. Yeah. And one of the things that you talk about is um the way that praying together and or praying the scriptures through your mar- for your marriage can prevent crises along the way. And you know, I think we are in a season where our culture is attacking traditional marriage. I mean, we sure. see that very blatantly. And so I think sometimes we forget that, you know, it's not just about responding to what's happening, but it is um, being intentional with praying forward and praying through things like you mentioned, even praying for, you know, when you're praying for your children, you're praying for their future spouse. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we can be really intentional in our prayers with our spouse. And so um, do you have some insight on some of the important conversations that the book addresses as far as praying before things happen. I love that idea um, of praying before things happen. And I think that we lay a foundation in every area of our marriage. Um, The book's a little bit chronological, getting started, thinking about what the purpose is in marriage anyway, you know, and then leaving and cleaving and how we leave our families of origin and, and cleave to our spouse. So whether you're engaged or whether you've been married 50 years, you know, there's a jumping in point for people. But I think you're right. I think there is, as we are um, coming to God, even with the little things, um, doing that as a 
repetition and as a pattern and as a habit makes the pathway to his throne room um, so much more familiar so that when something big does come along, you know, a really tough fight, a heart that feels like it's grown cold, you know, a, a child who makes a decision and you and your spouse have very different ideas of how you think you should respond to that. As you've prayed in the small things, even something as simple as saying grace over a meal, expressing Thanksgiving, that pathway to God just becomes familiar. It becomes a a default position. Um, I don't know many couples who pray together as much as um, the wife would maybe like to. And I'll put myself in that category. Um, My husband is a believer and he's a man who prays, but we don't pray together um, diligently, faithfully. And yet, um, because we have come to the Lord in the little things and the big things, I feel comfortable saying to him, I have this meeting today. Will you pray? Or our child just sent me this text. Let's pray. And it's something that we can do without a lot of, um, you know, awkwardness to get through. So I would encourage people to start small. Like if that's not a habit that they are, um, used to doing just in the morning over coffee or at night, right before you turn off the light, or even after you turn off the light, just say, you know, let's hold hands for a minute and, and just for a minute or two, what's on your heart, what's on your mind, bring that to God. And that invites the Lord and his presence into your circle, um, where two or more are gathered. He says, I'm gathered there with you. And it just sets that stage, I think, and it creates an intimacy and study after study shows that couples who do take that time to pray together. And again, it can be five minutes a day. It doesn't have to be huge, huge, huge. It can be the smallest starting place, but it shows that you get um, better uh, communication, uh, this greater sense of emotional well-being, less insecurity, uh, better sex lives, increased happiness. There's even financial studies that have been done. I go into all of these things in the book, but it's just crazy how something as simple as a few moments of prayer together can open the door to all these other blessings that you might not have associated with that act. But I think it's something about the power of connection. They're connecting to one another and connecting to God that releases all kinds of good things. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And just this idea that as we grow closer to God, it automatically brings us closer to each other because we're, we're pursuing God's heart together in our marriage. I love that. so much. I think that, I think that, and I think again, getting back to the power of scripture um, to shape us, like, you know, you look at a Philippians two, where each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others in humility, considering others is better than yourself as you're reading that kind of thing and applying it to your marriage, you might start with thinking, Oh, I'm right. He's wrong. Oh, you know, I wish I could change him, but you can say, Lord, help me be humble and to consider Mm. my spouse's interests and needs ahead of my own. And Oh my gosh, that can be so hard. But the great thing is God never gives us a command that he doesn't also give us the power to fulfill through the Holy spirit. We can come and say, you know, I'm a wreck at this. I'm mad. I'm hurt. I'm whatever. Um, but Lord, I need you to make me willing. And that's a prayer. He just delights to answer. And he says, thank you. You've given me your heart. I'm going to go to work and you just yeah. let me work. So, 
Yeah. And I think that takes an incredible amount of faith to give those hard emotions to God. I think we have a tendency to go to God, um, you know, with the clean things, but saying, okay, God, I I'm angry right now. And I don't want to pray for him right now. Like that to me is such a mark of faith where you're able to trust God with those hard emotions and he will meet you there. Like that's how we get through them is, is by inviting him into that space. But sometimes for whatever reason, we're just hesitant to do that. Well, we think, like you said, we think we have to come to him clean. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's not like he doesn't already know, right? He knows right. everything. <laughs> he knows everything we think. And so, uh, you know, get rid of the whole, I got to clean up my act before I come to him. He did not, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, I didn't come to for the healthy, but for the sick. He's like, I know you're broken and I want to come right in there and embrace you. And I want to enter into your mess and I want to help you. So let's talk about it. And that's, you know, the starting place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for kind of just talking through some of this. I think it's so valuable and so helpful. And I think our listeners are really going to be blessed by this conversation. A couple things I'd like you to just tell us where people can get a hold of a copy of your book. And then I also wondered if you would pray for our listeners. I, I like to close out every episode with a prayer. So I wondered if you would do that for us today. Oh, I would be so privileged to Thank you so much. Well, folks can find me at jodyburnt.com or on Instagram at jody underscore burnt. Um, and the book is available anywhere people buy books, Amazon, you know, Barnes and Noble, Christian retail outlets. Um, so it'll be released uh, April 25th, but available for ordering before then if it's earlier than that. But um, so thank you. That would be that would be a treat to hear from folks. And I, I do read all the messages people send me. I do read all the emails. I might not be able to respond to everyone, but I really do see them. And I pray for you when you reach out to me. So, um, but I would love to pray right now for your listeners because I just love where you are. I love the heart that this audience has for allowing scripture to shape our lives. I just think there's nothing more powerful. And so um, what a, what a beautiful thing you have going here in this group. So I'd love to be part of you and pray for you today. And it's, in particular for your marriages, but heavenly father, um, we come before you today, just thanking you that you know, our needs, even before we ask you and father God, we just give you each marriage, each family represented here today, listening and ask Philippians four thirteen that you would work in us to desire and do the things that please you, to give us the power to will and to act in order to fulfill your good purposes in our lives. And God, love matters so much to you. We love that you have showed us what marriage looks like in your covenant relationship with us as your bride. You, Lord, gave up your life for us and you've called us to do the same, to give up our lives for one another in this mutual surrender and mutual submission so that we can grow in love and intimacy with one another and with you. Father God, I, I just want to leave our listeners with a prayer from First um, Thessalonians. May your love increase and overflow for each other, just as ours does for you. Love increase and overflow for each other. And I think it says, and for everyone else. So God, from that First Thessalonians prayer, Let's pray that you'll be welling up love where where love has grown cold in a marriage. I pray that you would ignite it and kindle it again. Father, equip uh, parents to leave a legacy for their children 
as they honor one another. And Father God, continue to work in us, wetting our appetites for more of you, for more of your word, letting it shape our desires, animate our prayers as we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And it was just such a blessing to kind of hear your heart. And I'm so looking forward to our listeners getting a hold of your book. I think it'll be a real blessing for them. Rachel, thank you so much. Lord bless you. Thank you. Hey friends, real quick before we go, I want to just remind you that if you are struggling with anything that we've been talking about, perhaps this conversation about marriage, maybe it's a little bit triggering for you, or you're recognizing like, hey, I do need a little bit of extra help in this area. Or if it's something completely unrelated, like you just want to dive in a little bit deeper, you want to pursue some more spiritual growth and you need somebody to help you get there, I'm your girl. You can schedule a one-on-one with me if you go to shehears.org on the section that says work with me. You can schedule some time for us to spend time and chat together and I would love to come alongside of you and help you in any way that I can. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.